0: This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit on 7 to 9 a.m. Visit us on www.kpulpit.co.za.
1: Into Me See A place where we learn about deep connection
0: with yourself, those close to you, and, and with, with God. God. In our program Into Me See, we deal with reality, restoration, and redemption in the face of addiction. We uncover intimacy as seeing into me and the role it plays in healthy relationships.
1: Thank you for joining us wherever you are. In this program, we explore what intimacy means and how to work towards it. And by the way, sex is only a part of intimacy.
0: There's so much more to that.
1: We have learned to journey from disconnect to greater intimacy through our challenges, joys during our 38 years of marriage. I'm Frederick Wools. And I'm Suki Wools. We are
0: both licensed counselors and looking forward to embark with you on this journey towards greater intimacy. We'll continue to explore what intimacy means and look at the crucial role it plays for the development of healthy, authentic and thriving relationships.
1: Yes, especially in these times when there are multiple distractions such as our phones and social media that easily rob us of intimate relationships with God, other human beings, and ourselves.
0: Last month, we were talking about integrity and intimacy, mostly focusing on partners of addicts and what they experience and need to work through. The beginning of last month, we were not able to answer all the questions from listeners, especially not the specific questions regarding singles that are dating and their partners that might use porn. It's the first Tuesday of the month, and instead of following our normal pattern to answer listeners' questions, we'll do it in a different way, by providing singles questions that could ask their partners. Thanks to Pure Sex Radio and Be Broken Ministries, who shared some of these questions in one of their programs, we thought it would be very helpful to share them with our listeners.
1: Our focus today is very important for dating couples to grow into intimacy on a number of different levels, and to be less distracted by sexual intimacy. We are aware that the culture has a huge influence on what we do and many singles, even Christians, are living together. We'll do some more programs on biblical sexuality at another stage, but for now we'll focus on the good questions singles can ask each other that would guide them into greater intimacy, integrity and help determine the potential for the growth in the future. They may discover that the relationship will be an obstacle to their own integrity, intimacy, and growth as individuals and as a couple. These questions would be a guideline to determine the potential of a sustainable, lasting relationship.
0: And then, of course, also for people that are already in relationship, and if they want to continue to work on the relationship Mm. to see how they can change and what changes they could make Mm. for the relationship to become more sustainable. Yes, love is blind. Isn't that so, Frederick?
1: Absolutely. (laughs)
0: And so we often don't see the realities of what might become a huge obstacle in future. If we just look at the divorce rate in South Africa, that's Mm. one of the highest divorce rates in the world. Yes. I guess it tells us a little bit more about how easily we get into marriage and think it's going to be wonderful. We celebrate that day with so much joy. And then shortly after that, things start looking different. And we start seeing things that we didn't know that actually exist. Mm. Or we realize that we're not really equipped to continue to grow and cultivate our relationships in a healthy way. And that's when conflict starts, and that's where the trouble starts. <laughs> mm, mm, mm.
1: You know, we're, we're not given a subject at school as to how to deal with healthy relationships because relationships are messy. I mean, at the onset of our relationship, um, these questions would have been very, very useful, and I think our our relationship and our marriage would have had many, many more wonderful and good times if we had asked these questions very early on in our relationship. That's so true.
0: Earlier, I spoke about um, that's when the conflict starts. Mm. And actually, just to mention to the listeners, that conflict is a normal part of relationship. But the problem is when we cannot resolve the conflict and when it's an ongoing conflict, Mm. because there's never a, a place where it gets resolved. And that's, that's what I actually meant when I said when the conflict starts. A healthy relationship actually includes conflict.
1: Absolutely. Because it <laughs>
0: helps us to see deeper into each other's hearts. But there's a good, there's a good way and a bad way for conflict, right? So yep. maybe one day we need to talk about that as well.
1: Absolutely, yes.
0: In most relationships, le- the ladies are the ones making plans and initiating. Often men are the passive ones. So maybe one of the things ladies can do uh, early in the relationship is to ask men to start making plans and to organize meals and dates for, for the month, because that will tell you a lot about them, what, whether they've heard who you are, whether they really know what you like, and whether they tune into what is important to you. Mm later on in the relationship you can start taking turns to do that because according to our experience and many of the friends that we've spoken to um they told us that often the ladies are the ones that initiate things
1: yeah that was very much uh, like in our relationship is where you did much of the initiation and i was the more passive one so but i just to mention Suki, um, this is not a session that you will have with your first time date um, and bombard him and interrogate him and or her with all these questions. So it is really something that uh, helps to get to know each other mm. and um, that allows somebody else to see into yourself and to give an opportunity to look into somebody else because that is what we are working towards, intimacy with each other, so that we can determine the patterns that can be obstacles to our intimacy. So um, if you have a partner, you could ask him these questions or her these questions and, um, yeah, get to know each other a lot better, to really know who you are.
0: Mm. And another thing that I think... um Ladies can listen to, but it could just as well be the, you know, the other party. It's not always ladies and guys, but listen to their language. Is the language they use all romantic, sweet talk and flattery? Uh, Or are they mutual questions about each other? That's really important because sometimes if a person is not healthy, if there's some uh, kind of dysfunctionality, a person would like to hide that. And to talk away from that. So also often when I counsel some ladies, I find that they can, they cannot stop talking about before, early in the relationship and how their husbands or their boyfriends told them how wonderful they were. And so I discovered that there's a lot of flattery sometimes going on and it's very romantic. And, you know, us as ladies, we just for that because we love that Mm. but and and there's nothing wrong with that it's it's great to have that in a relationship we just need to make sure whether that doesn't mask some other flaws in the relationship because it distracts from other hard things that we need to talk about
1: as well i think it's often when uh, one of the partners does all the talking and there's like a monologue of discussion and talking and talking, and the other person doesn't get an opportunity to talk. But this flattery and the language and the romantic language, there's a danger to that. And that danger is that we often fall in love with our f- how they make us feel and we don't fall in love with them. So I think that is the danger Mm -hmm. with all the flattery language because we really want to get to know the person and we want to fall in love with the person, get to be known and to get to know the other person. And that is seeing into each other intimacy.
0: Mm. So it's a lot of talk, 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 eh? Because often, like you said, in a relationship, there's one person that talks a lot more than the other, yeah. right? Mm, and mm. that's where it comes in that maybe the other person that don't talk that much, that that the, the the person who does the talking doesn't get a chance to really get to know that person.
1: Yeah. And um, uh, if it's somebody that has got some secrets in their lives, it's very, very nice if the partner just continues talking and talking and talking, and they don't need to reveal that part that they are busy hiding away from.
0: Yes, you still wanted to, to share another question with us, Yeah, probably. the
1: next question that are, that are difficult ones are questions, but they are very, very important to create the opportunity for greater intimacy, vulnerability and integrity. Ladies, to the man, you can ask them, mm, when was, was the first time you were introduced to pornography? Mm. In our current culture, men have been exposed to porn, sometimes very, very early on, as early on as 13 years of age. And um, we've heard accounts of children that at the age of nine already have been introduced to pornography.
0: It might even be earlier. As far as I remember, um, it's the average age is 13, right? So there are some, some kids. You know, when they go to school and their friends show them something, even the age six already, they could could have been exposed.
1: Yeah, but but just very important listeners, this does not mean that if the person has been exposed to pornography, that they are an addict. You can learn a lot from the way the person gives an answer though. So um, if you suspect that your partner has a problem, you can ask them to do an internet porn assessment test on recoveryzone.com. And this will be put onto the podcast.
0: Just before we continue to to share more about the questions,
1: let's listen to a song. Oh, good idea. Thank you very much. We'll be back shortly.
0: Welcome back. To the (laughs) woman, you could ask, when did you first become sexually active? We know that sounds like a strange question, especially to ask to someone... Um, as a Christian. Mm. But, Frederick, it's important to know that we live in a rainbow nation with many different cultures. There are so many different social pressures and especially uh, what people are exposed to at a very early age. So times have changed. Mm. And unfortunately, we know about many Christian couples that live together. Mm. So maybe it's not such a strange question, right? If you would have asked this many years ago, it would have been very shocking. Yep. But uh, in our recent relationships, it might be a good question to ask.
1: Yeah, especially here in our hypersexual cultures, okay? And uh, so ask, um, if that person has given you an answer and they are involved in a sexual relationship or they are addicted to porn, um, you can ask them, how do you manage your sexual struggle? Um, sometimes they may not be addicted, but they still have a sexual struggle. So how do they manage this? And this will show something about them, um, about their awareness, their self-awareness, and about their intentionality and what plans are they able to make and how well do they look after each other and themselves especially, and um, what type of uh, account- accountability will they have and are willing to have for their, their own struggles. It may not even be sexual, but with their struggles. Mm,
0: that's very good. And especially to assume that there's a struggle, because I know many young guys struggle with this. Isn't mm, that so? It's a very yeah. common thing. Mm. So to actually be open and talk about it. Another question that you could ask is, what type of movies do you watch? That's an important question anyway for the relationship, because you probably go out and watch movies together. And then to talk about what movies do you think, if both of you are Christians, would be good to watch and what would not be good to watch? Mm. Because there need to be some kind of limits. I remember we had limits and we even have limits now. Yep. It would be interesting for the listeners to know that our limits now are like 13 or parental guidance.
1: Absolutely. Even,
0: then, even though we're completely grown up. <laughs> yep.
1: So in actual fact, when I look for movies on uh, on the channel that we have, um, if there is a movie that says eighteen and or sixteen or, and there is a, a nudity or a sexual um, uh, rating, I do not watch that movie. I look past it immediately because of the background of my addiction. Mm. Mm.
0: It's just to be realistic, okay? Eh? So mm. that's something that we had to learn to live with, and it also protects our minds
1: mm. when
0: it comes to walking with Jesus, um, uh, mm, for those mm. images not to take over in our minds.
1: Yeah, so another thing that um, you can have a look at is how does your partner, the person that you're busy dating, how do they handle stress when when life doesn't work out the way they want it to or expected it to to work out? For example, when there's a road that they usually travel and there's a detour and perhaps they're going to be late for an appointment or um, when they're standing in a queue and the queue is so slow, and that's especially in our current times with the covert, and we have to have social distancing, how do they handle those situations? How do they talk over the phone? And ask specific questions about what are their feelings and how are they handling their emotions? What emotions do they have? Um, because especially as a man, I was not very aware of, of my feelings and my emotions. So get to know them and observe how difficulties are dealt with in their lives.
0: Mm. Rick, I remember that we used to say to our children to also watch how um, our boyfriends or girlfriends Uh, would speak to their mothers and Mm. their brothers and sisters, because that's an example of how they treat someone that they've been in a long-term relationship with. Yes. So they might see some patterns or some that emerge in those relationships, and that that might give a forecast of Mm. what they could expect later. It's not easy to think about that because we think, oh, he loves me so much, he would never do that. Mm. (laughs) But we know that's not often the way it works.
1: Yeah, oh, so um, another thing that a person can really look out for is how to deal with change. Uh, what do you think about that, Suke?
0: Yes, um, especially when a person always walks slowly <laughs> and, um, and you ask the person, can you just come a little bit quicker? Mm-hmm. Um and how does your partner respond? I know that's been a struggle for us from the very beginning. Yeah. Um, I remember on the first picture, one of the first pictures that was taken at our, uh, not the honeymoon, no.
1: the, at the wedding reception the Reception
0: afterwards. I was rushing in because we were late and I was dragging you into the reception hall. <laughs> and later on, when I saw that, I thought, oh, that's that could have shown me something that's going to be the pattern of our lives. Mm. But thankfully, Mm. I've been able to slow down a bit and you've been able to adjust and go a bit faster. And now we meet each other along the way, right? Mm.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Uh,
0: Another question is, would they be impulsive to buy something that they really Mm. want? Mm -hmm. Or are they willing to wait for an appropriate time to buy it? That's very important because that will tell you something about patterns that might emerge when you you might be struggling with finances and what behavior uh, might be causing a lot of trouble if that's a pattern and if it's something that keeps on happening.
1: Yeah, so it sounds a lot like um, instant gratification Mm. and uh, this can definitely work out within their sexual relationship and their sexual intimacy. So are the couple willing to wait for sexual intimacy um, till an appropriate time, once they have been married,
0: mm. or one person in yeah. their relationship, and, yeah.
1: Yeah. So another per- person, uh, thing you could we can have a look at is um, how to deal with anger, um, because anger is one of those foundational feelings that has many many feelings underneath that. How mature are they emotionally, and how maturely can they express? This anger and their emotions.
0: Yes, Frederick, I know. Um, I think you got it a bit mixed up now because anger is a top emotion, right? Top emotion, mm. yes. And underneath anger, there are actually a whole lot of other emotions. Mm. So, and mm. it's so often much easier to handle the top emotion because it makes us feel powerful and in control. Mm. 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 But it's only when we go to the deeper emotions, maybe it's disappointment or sadness. Mm. And if you can go there, then it's a place where we can connect. Where anger often pushes us away from one another.
1: So it's really about how your partner is dealing with these emotions. Are they really feeling these emotions and how are they processing them?
0: Often people that tend to be addicts are not even aware of the emotions. They never learned about Mm. emotions. And what they do is they actually... Go straight to the addiction when they're overwhelmed, Mm. and that's why it's so important for them to learn to to talk about their emotions, to feel their emotions, to name their emotions. Mm. Even for me, Frederick, I I'm I'm, you know I'm not the 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 addict. I'm a little bit of a co addict, codependent, but um, even I didn't always express my feelings. And now it's crucial for me in my relationship with Jesus to run to Him when I'm overwhelmed Mm. and to start telling Him how I feel. Because that is a way to process my emotions.
1: Mm, so it seems to me that we constantly need to be learning about ourselves, uh, who we are and what we are, to be students of ourselves.
0: Absolutely, because if we don't, if we don't know ourselves, how can we get others to know us if, mm. we, if we don't make the information known and make mm. sure that they can get to know us? Remember what I used to tell you about the oyster?
1: Yes, yeah, I was like a pearl in an oyster, and I didn't allow anybody to see that pearl because my thoughts were that pearl is black and dark, and I want nobody to see that pearl. So I just closed up, and I didn't allow anybody to see into me. So, Suki, these questions are very, very valuable, and um, they teach us about our own values and the values of the other person. But these questions are not only applicable for singles. Married couples can also ask each other these questions so that they can also set that foundation for deeper and deeper intimacy and have a look into themselves and into each other. And in this way, they can also develop intimacy with God.
0: So that's all for today, listeners. Uh, please continue to send in your questions. I know you have many questions because you live in a difficult. We live in such a difficult time when it comes to intimacy, and please feel free to tell us about your sexual struggles. If we need to talk about these things on air, um, it's important to do that. So send us um, the questions or the things that you struggle with. We'd love to make programs about that and to answer that. Uh, you can send it to us at Frederick. Suki at kpulpit.co.za, and we'll continue to answer listeners' questions the first Tuesday of every month. We'd love to hear from you.
1: See you next time. Bye. Bye bye. Mm-hmm.
0: This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit on 729 AM. Visit us on www.kpulpit.co.za.